This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uriah. Chris, glad to have you back after that one episode absence. Guys, it's the eve before the Sixers versus Nets. But before we get into that, we got to talk about the previous game. So, Chris, how about you go ahead and take that away, man? Yeah, so the Sixers won at home against Chicago on Monday. 121-106 to was the final score. Joel Embiid, who's quite good at the game of basketball, had 43 points, 14 rebounds, and 3 blocks. Um, 17 points for Tyrese Maxey, 16 points, 8 boards, 14 dimes for James Harden. Lucas... Um, you know, what players stood out to you in this game? Well, I mean, the low-hanging fruit here is Joel Embiid, who has now had the second most – has tied for the second most 40 in 10 games in a single season uh, with Russell Wilson, a couple other guys. Actually, no, my bad, not Russell Wilson. I was thinking of the Broncos trade. Anyway, not important right now. He is only trailing Moses Malone and Russell Westbrook in terms of total 40 and 10 games in a single season. They both have 12. He has 10. It is totally possible. I think he could reach that or possibly break it. Um, But outside of Joel, I mean, I guess you could look at this as the first quote-unquote bad shooting game for James Harden. 5 of 15, 1 of 5 from deep. Just not a great shooting performance. You know, there are good perimeter defenders, even without Alex Caruso and Zach Levine on the uh, Bulls. So, I mean, it's, I mean, and he was coming back off of a couple days rest. Maybe he just was off. But I, I, I would say those two would be the low-hanging fruit that you could look at for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I think the big one off the bench would be George Niang, who mm-hmm. hit four of seven from three for 14 points. He's had a, a pretty decent stretch here these last few games. I think him and James are taking to each other quite well. Um, another really quiet Tobias game. Uh, had eight points on ten shots. Just not what you want. But Tyrese had a, had a pretty big second half. It was quiet for a good bit there, but came on late. Had 17. Um, obviously, Danny only played nine minutes because he got hurt. He's going to be out for at least a week, it seems, with a finger laceration. So they'll need someone to step into those minutes. He looked good in those minutes. He looked active defensively. One steal, one block, and just overall, he was sticking with DeMar. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think the big, biggest storyline from the bench would be that Furkan didn't play in this game, and Isaiah Joe did. Mm-hmm. Um which made a lot of fans quite happy. 11 minutes for Joe, three points, one of four, all four attempts from deep, so nothing too special. But I think it's notable that Furkan didn't play in this game. Lucas, do we think that's going to be – I guess we'll talk about that later. I don't want to get too much into it now. But um, but let's talk about Chicago here for a second. Hold up. Chris, you've got the most important debut, DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> and, like – I, you know, I was expecting to say that as a joke, but he actually did not look bad in this game, minus a miss uh, lob attempt. I, I thought he played good defense. See, obviously, he's a little bit slower than what he used to be, but, you know, you know, three rebounds in 10 minutes, one steal, one block. Um, 
looked a lot more – he looked happy to be on the floor versus when he was with the Lakers, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable given where the Lakers are at. Um, Fair but, enough. But from Chicago's perspective here, obviously they're the four seed right now. They're trying to, you know, jockey for position in the standings. Do you think the absences of guys like Lonzo Ball and Nikola Vucevic made a really big difference in this game, Lucas? Well, let's be clear. Vooch wasn't going to do anything against Joel. Um, Vooch has had a pretty bad history of actually getting burned by Joel. So they just don't have the big man to guard Joel. Even though I love Tony Bradley, he's just not the guy. Neither is Tristan Thompson, who's probably would have been a power forward about, you know, 15 years ago. Um, and so they just don't have the size to guard Joel, and that's why I feel pretty comfortable if we had to play them in a seven-game series. Um, does Lonzo Ball make a difference? Yeah, of course, because he's a lockdown defender. Him and Alex Caruso both are, and, you know, they would obviously give guys like uh, Maxi and Harden even rougher times, even though Harden already had a rough time shooting. Uh, I will say Ayo Dusuma, I had him pretty high on my, you know, my personal big board. A good defender, good two-way guy. I, I like him personally. Um, they, once they get healthy, they're going to be a problem. But if they run into the Sixers, I think the Bulls are going to fall in about six games, five or six games, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like any – the Bulls haven't really been healthy for long stretches this season. Um, you know, say what you want about Vucevic on defense. He still, like, would stretch Joe out, out offensively. He gives you a lot more than Tristan Thompson in that respect. And then with Lonzo, you know, Lonzo and Caruso, who also is, was still out for this game, were, were like the linchpin of that defense for the first half of the season. They've been both been out for a while, so that's just a big hole on that team defensively. So, like, of course, not having those guys makes a difference. We'll see how soon they can get back. Um, I, I think I think Alex Caruso is doing on court activities now in practice, so he should be back soon. Yeah, it, it seems like those guys will be back at least for the playoffs. Um, so that that's a good thing if you're a Chicago Bulls fan. Um, but Lucas, Chicago all season has had a pretty crappy record against good teams. Um, you kind of gave away your answer here, but how do you think a first-round series would look, and what do you think the ultimate result would be? I, I think the Sixers will win about five or six. You know, the Bulls do have DeMar DeRozan. He's an MVP candidate for a reason, so I think he could get one or two games for him. But, you know, it's been pretty clear throughout Zach Levine's career that Matisse Thibel has his number and he's their second go-to option. And I mean, he had 24 points, but on 19 shots here and yeah, he got away a little bit, but like for the most part, he did have five turnovers as well. Like Matisse Thibel is going to cause Zach Levine some problems. He can cause DeMar some problems too. If, if that matchups though, but overall, I, I just, even if they have Pat Williams back, which seems like a long shot, but possible, they're just not big enough to handle. They they don't have a defensive big man that can even like, you know, cause Joel Embiid to like you know check over his shoulder. Like Vooch isn't it. Tristan Thompson's not it. Tony Bradley like they. You have to be able to at least give Joel some problems to like make me feel like there's a chance that you could bother him. And like, they don't even have enough length to really bother Joel and double teams. In my opinion, they, they don't. So like, I just, I, I don't see this going more than five or six games. If that, 
I'm, I'm leaning more towards five, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it more. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it obviously is going to depend on health. I think if everyone's there, Chicago's a pretty dangerous team offensively, so I don't want to sell them short. Um, you know, really good guards have given the Sixers problems every year forever, so DeRozan and Levine are guys who can go on pretty magnificent runs scoring the ball. Lonzo's a really great shooter. Caruso can make some plays happen. And, and Vucevic, again, if he's back, Joel, if he does struggle in certain matchups defensively, it's when he's facing stretch fives. So that that's a team that could give v- the Sixers. Vooch isn't a stretch five. He can hit the occasional three, but he's not like Serge Ibaka or Bobby Portis. Well, he, he's going to make Joel guard outside the paint. That, that's occasionally. Like, he's not going to host up, like, he's not going to make, like, three or four threes in a game. Like, that's not his game. He's an inside guy, mid-range. Like, he might take one or two threes. He's not going to make Joel stretch the floor as as much as, like, you know, somebody like Bobby Portis or... Yeah, well, look, he's taking five threes a game. So, it's a pretty regular part of his strat diet. Um, I just, I'm not worried about it. (laughs) Me, personally, I'm not. Again, I agree, look. Sixers are going to be favorites in that series. They should be. I think they'd win. They'd have the two best players in the series, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Chicago's a really good team. I, I don't. I don't think it would be a cakewalk. I, I. I think five six games is a fair assessment. But I could see a world where it goes seven. I could see a world where DeRozan, you know, is averaging thirty five a night and really giving the Sixers problems. But I. I, I agree. In the end, like Joel's gonna you know, feast in that series. And I, I think Philly probably wins it. And we're going to go ahead and talk about the return of Ben Simmons and our thoughts about it. So Chris, what do you think is going to happen in the game against the Nets? Where, how do you think Simmons is going to be received by the crowd? He's going to be sitting on the bench. He's not going to be playing. Uh, still has the quote unquote back issues. I, I think most fans are questioning that. But um, how do you think he's going to be reviewed? Uh, you know, received by the fan base. Um, you know, I'm not well. I would say uh, I I have a hunch that there are going to be some booze out there. Um, Just some. Yeah, like it's going to be really loud. Uh, they're like beefing up security, and mm-hmm. like unfortunately, it's probably warranted. Like I'm hoping no one does anything stupid. I've seen some pretty stupid stuff out on Twitter. Like, you know, Sixer fans need to behave themselves, but, um, look, it's going to be really loud. There's going to be a lot of vitriol. A lot of people are really pissed with Ben Simmons and, and, you know, justifiably so. So Brooklyn's going to be hearing it all night, even with him on the bench. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty simple. I, I don't think there's going to be much cheering going on. Maybe, like, uh, you know, a polite clap for Andre Drummond and Seth Curry when they get introduced. But uh, it's going to be a lot of booze, a lot of FU Ben Simmons chants, stuff like that. Um, I'm just hoping no one takes it too far. Yeah, I, 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 I could definitely see, like, a whole entire FU Ben Simmons chant happening, you know. I, you know, not great for the kids at the game, but it, it, it is what it is. It's Sixers fan base. I really hope nobody throws anything, but I can see it in my head happening. I really hope. Guys, if you're, you're listening to, to this, just don't. Just don't. If you're thinking about it, just don't. Okay? Excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, oh, my God. 
my eardrums have exploded. <laughs> I'm sorry, Uriah. Oh my sorry. god, you gotta warn me next time. Cough away from the mic. I did. Oh, you did. I, yeah, my face was facing the other way. It's a pretty powerful cough. Yeah, I know. I, I try not to do it anyway. Right. Um, no, I do like your public service announcement. That's very thoughtful of you. But you right. know, you know, some fans are not gonna adhere oh they they either won't listen to me or they don't listen to the podcast Look, yeah say whatever you want you know i mean obviously you have to draw a line there too like i don't care what chance bring out if they want to say if you've been simmons that's fine by me you know they're well within their rights but don't throw anything don't do like the water bottle at Kyrie, the popcorn on westbrook wherever these things happen like that that stuff just can't go on it, it's not good that's like assault so don't do that anyone please um yeah like it's gonna be pretty loud and unpleasant for ben i would assume mm-hmm. uh, yeah so uh transitioning to my next point here now we we all agree that there's not going to be a nice reception for ben and I think it's probably deserved, to be honest. Um, but Mike Missinelli recently reported that um, there will be no video tribute for Ben Simmons. Doc Rivers thinks there should be. How do we feel if Ben Simmons doesn't get a tri- video tribute? Yeah, look, I mean, if we're going by, like, accomplishments with a certain team, like, players get video tributes for far less. Like, mm-hmm. Steph and Andre would probably get one maybe still will get one in a normal environment like ben has done enough to quote unquote warrant a tribute video but like it's kind of hard to imagine that that would be like done in good faith it would just be showered with booze i don't think I, it would go over well so I, I get why they're not doing it like i'm sure ben isn't like getting his feelings hurt about the fact that there's no tribute video because it, it'd just be 30 seconds or a minute or whatever of people booing and yelling at him so i i get it they really don't need to put the spotlight on ben like that it's going to be unpleasant enough as is so or maybe they shouldn't maybe it will mess with him more psychology you know psychologically if he if we play he's not playing so why i mean in the playoffs and next time in the playoffs i don't know that's just me being cynical but yeah, no, I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't think now is time for tri- video tribute. I think you're right in terms of does he probably deserve one? Yeah, probably. I mean, Seth, Seth has tied for the most uh, highest percentage of three point history for the Sixers, and you know, Andre's Andre. Um, but I don't think this is the game to do it. I think you need to let this mellow out a little bit. I I think it it, it should happen, but I don't think it's going to happen at least. Definitely not this year. Probably not next year, but possibly the year after that. Yeah, sure. Give the fan base some time to, you know, move on and forget and kind of like, you know, the further you get away from a bad breakup, you start remembering more of the good. And and I think that's what needs to happen here before you give him a video tribute. I agree. But, okay, last thing here, Chris, and then we can move on. But what do you predict? What do we predict when it comes to the game itself? The Sixers win, lose. What are your What are your thoughts? Um, you know, I I think obviously the environment is going to favor the Sixers, but you know, Brooklyn's going to have both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, if not Ben Simmons. Um, you know, I I feel like if there's going to be a team with 
a chip on its shoulder. It might be Brooklyn just trying to prove a point at this stage in the season. And after, you know, James is the guy who left them, not in the same way that Ben left Philly, but James did ask for a trade out of Brooklyn. So, you know, Seth Curry's probably going to hit like 10 threes or some crap because it's the Sixers and, you know, but I I could very well see the Nets winning. Um, Obviously, Mm -hmm. the fact that it's in Philly is – going to help the Sixers and the fan base is certainly going to do all it's can to uh, make Brooklyn uncomfortable and to push Philly in the right direction. But Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are really good at basketball. Sixers only have one Matisse Thibel and, you know, Seth and Andre are going to want their revenge game and Brooklyn probably would like to put on a show for its new teammates. So I, I could see where Brooklyn like, comes out and wins, but it, it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be competitive. I think James is probably going to have a big night. They don't exactly have a James Harden defender on Brooklyn's roster right now, nor do they have a Joel Embiid defender. So I think it'll be a fun game. I I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think that if anybody has a chance to, of like having a bad night, I think it's going to be Kyrie, and the reason why is a guy named by the name of, and he's Uriah's favorite player, Matisse Thibel. I Thibel does good on point guards, and I could see Thibel taking the challenge there. I also see James Harden having a better game. He he needs to have a bat, excuse me, a bounce back game after that bad showing against the Bulls. And I just I I see them I see them getting up. And like you said, nobody on that team can stop Joel. We don't have anybody that can really stop KD. They don't have anybody that can start stop James Harden. We do have somebody that can slow down Kyrie, though. So, I think that makes a big difference. And, and I think the Sixers will come out on top because I think Joel Embiid's not going to let KD get – well, you're right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Sixers lose to KD on their home court earlier this season? On the Sixers' home court? Well, yeah. Was it? Did we lose on our home court or their court? Their... I, I think we lost to them twice, and we won the last game of the year in December in Brooklyn. Okay, so they beat us on our home court then. Okay, I yeah. So I don't think I don't think Joel Embiid and James Harden is going to let that happen. Sweep us at home. I don't, I just don't see that happening. So yeah, I I think the Sixers come out on top here. Yeah, I'm I'm I mean look. Joel's going to have a big night because it's a great matchup for him. But the flip side to that is Brooklyn's going to be able to run a lot of five out like wings and guards. And that's going to be really tough to defend with Joel on the court, with anyone on the court. Like Brooklyn's going to be able to outscore Philly in certain moments too. So I, I think it'll be close. I don't think it's like on paper, obviously Brooklyn's been losing a whole lot of games lately and they just got Kevin Durant back and they have a lot to figure out. So mm-hmm. Philly is eight, nine games up in the standings for a reason, but on paper, all, you know, ideal circumstances, this is a pretty tight matchup and Brooklyn has its share of advantages too. So um, I'm excited. I'm, I, I'm like anticipating it. I've been anticipating it all week. It'll be probably the most tweeted about game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's on TNT, so I'm sure we'll get some nice quotes from Shaq and Chuck and those guys. And it'll be a fun game. I'm you, you know, it's interesting that you bring up Shaq because KD was recently quoted, and I think he was on the podcast. I don't know whose, but um, he said 
that when he heard Joel mention that he can shift transform from Kobe to Akeem to Shaq, he's like, you know what? He's not wrong. That's high praise coming from KD. So I think that that adds a level of respect that those two have for each other, a rivalry respect there. Because they're both seven-footers. I don't care what KD says. He's seven-foot. And Joel's seven-foot. And I think they're the two most unstoppable scoring, scoring options in the league. All right, let's talk about the bench again. We'll go back to Furkan Korkmaz, who racked up a DNP coach's decision in the Bulls game. Um, do we think that's going to stick, Lucas? Do we think this is a permanent change? I certainly hope so. Doc Rivers said, felt, said that he felt like it was time to give Isaiah Joe a shot. Isaiah Joe didn't shoot great from the floor, but it just if it had a different energy, like it didn't feel like, First off, he, he's better defensively already than Cork Maz. And I think it just it didn't feel like it was just like, oh, great, here we go again with Cork Maz, and it dra- drains the energy out of that second unit. I, I hope that we see more Isaiah Joe and more Shake Milton versus Cork Maz. I think Shake, Shake Milton's been looking good as of late, guys. I don't know what you guys have been seeing, but I, I've seen a better Shake Milton playing off the ball versus having to be a, a backup point guard. Um, so I think both of those guys should be getting minutes. And I, I and I, I'm writing an article now about how who shouldn't be getting minutes again this season. Uh, two players, and I'll give you a hint of who one of them is. He's he's a Turkish guy. So I'm just saying, I I think it's good, and I and I hope that it sticks. Yeah, I I definitely think it's worth giving Joe a shot. It, it's like long past time to do that. Um, I agree. Like shake seems to be the number two guy off the bench at this point behind George. So I think we're going to continue seeing a lot of shake. I agree that he looks a lot better as an off guard and a wing than he did as the main ball handler in those second unit groups. Um, You know, I I think the Danny Green injury, which we'll talk about now, complicates things a little bit because you're probably going to have to play Furkan now these next couple of nights because you're down another guy. We'll see how Furkan does but assuming he doesn't you know round back into shape pretty quickly i expect that we'll still see more isaiah joe i'm hoping that's the case like you are i think he deserves an extended run here to see if he can do better than what furcon's been giving you and we're going to still see a lot of of shake milton um so lucas who do you think is going to get danny's minutes do you think they're going to shorten the rotation or do you think it's going to be more furcon how do you view that so I'm going to get on my pedestal here because I need to do this for, for this particular player. Guys, Danny Green's just as valuable on defense as he is offense. With Isaiah Joe and Shake Milton looking better on offense, I think it's time to break the glass on Charlie Brown Jr. again. Let, let him get some minutes, play some solid defense, see if he can show you a little bit more on offense. You, you can laugh all you want, Uriah. You can laugh all you want. But I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Let's give Charlie – I mean, would you rather play Charlie Brown Jr. or Forkon Korkmaz? Let's be real. I'd rather give Charlie Brown Jr. another shot. I didn't even I, know I didn't even know he was still on the team. He's on a two-way. He's on a two-way. Oh, okay. All right. So he's there. And I'm will, I, I want to give him another shot. Well, um, Charlie Brown will be in Delaware for tomorrow night's game, so we'll see if he gets on the court. Um, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come yeah, on. look, I mean, the Sixers, 
need another athletic wing. They need more defense in that second unit. And I, I still don't think Charlie Brown's good enough to pass any of those guys. Oh, so. God. Even I think he's, I think based off of where Corkmaz is right now, he's better than Corkmaz. I think he's infatuated with his hair, Chris. I mean, the hair is pretty cool, but that's not what I what, think. I think Lucas, I, Lucas, I just think he's hair. a good man. I just, I think he's a good man, like Charlie Brown. You're a good no. man, Charlie Brown Jr. Lucas, Lucas cut off his hair so he could wear a Charlie Brown wig to bed at night. But you know what? You caught me. You <laughs> caught me along with. Just Ben Simmons shirt, right? Side yeah, note: I almost got. I, I, for those that don't know, I lost a bet with these guys saying that I didn't think Ben Simmons would be traded until the off season. So I had to make my Twitter profile me wearing a Ben Simmons shirt that Uriah paid for because he knew I wasn't going to pay for it. Um, <laughs> and so, and I, and, and last night I just decided to buzz. I had very long curly hair, and I decided to buzz it all off. And uh, now, you know, the joke was made about my hair. And uh, and I and what I was telling these guys before the podcast that I almost wore that Ben Simmons shirt to bed last night. And then I looked at it. I'm like, I can't wear this trash and just threw it into my like pajama drawer. And I'm like, nope, not tonight. I can't do it. I have, I have more self-respect for myself. I think it's a nice shirt. I mean, it is a nice shirt, but it's just it's it's the person on the shirt that makes me not want to wear it. Yeah, so, I mean, as Lucas just said, um, you know, he respects his Ben Simmons shirt too much to wear it to bed, and he's still really a big fan of, of number number 10 now, not no longer number 25. Um, okay, Chris, you keep your jokes. But, yeah, look, um, I, I think we're going to see Furkan get some more Whoa. minutes because Danny's out. Once Danny's back, I would... You know, if Isaiah Joe plays well, I think we'll stick with Joe. If he doesn't play well, there's a chance that goes back to Furkan. I, I understand wanting to give Charlie Brown some run. I think that's like a defensible position. But, uh, I mean, look, shooters on paper have a whole lot of value next to James Harden and Joel Embiid. Furkan, you know, for all his issues, is still taking a lot of threes. He's not necessarily making them at the rate that you'd like, but... If he can get going, if he has a hot streak, we know that Furkan can like elevate the offense for a game or two. So there's always a, a chance of that happening. It hasn't happened quite as frequently this season as we are, have become accustomed to in years past. Chris, but, it happened like for like a ten game stretch in the beginning of the year, and that was it. I get it, but like Charlie Brown's not giving you anything on offense. But you so. need, but you need to have the defensive offensive balance, and I think he he. Let's be real. He's the third best perimeter defender on this team right now. I mean, maybe Tyrese Maxey's pushing him, but like, still, let's give that a thought. Obviously, Matisse Thibel's first. Danny Green's probably still second, but outside of that, Chris, who's? I mean, you might make the argument for Tyrese Maxey. Okay, fine, you can make that argument, I but mean, then he's still fourth. I think Tobias has been playing pretty good defense lately. I, mm, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a that's a hard pill yeah. to swallow there. Look, Charlie Brown is like a lesser version of Matisse. So, you know, it is what you get. You know, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know if he gives you enough offensively to stick around long term. I mean, if you look at his G, G League stats, he's a good shooter. He just probably needs the volume yeah, and look. get – Paul Reed is a great G League shooter. He's and then, and by by the way, I think Paul here. Reed should get. I don't think DeAndre Jordan should get run in that Bulls game because he's going to uh, not Bulls game. 
that Nets game because he's going to get played off the court. But I do think I would put in Paul Reed and see what he can do against Kevin Durant. Like, you're preaching to the choir, but, like, guys who shoot in G League don't always shoot in the NBA. It's not always, like, a one-for-one thing. I know, I know, but uh, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. And don't tell that to Jaden Springer. Please don't tell that to Jaden Springer. We want him to actually be able to shoot. Jaden Springer is awesome. I'm yeah. I'm willing to beat that drum. So Yeah, maybe he should get minutes over for Cork Maz. Hey, I'm all for it, man. Yeah, I know you are. All right, Chris, our last subject of the night, which is a pretty interesting one in my opinion. There are more and more rumors coming out about the Sixers trying to acquire a third star. According to former NBA player Andrew Bogut, he had this to say, I've heard a pretty big rumor from some people that are pretty close to the situation in the NBA. Big three to Philly. Bradley Be- Brad Beal is trying to get to Philadelphia in the offseason to team up with James Harden and Joel Embiid. So, Chris, what do you make of this rumor? Like, man, all I can say is that Andrew Bokit is basically Woj and that this is happening. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, yeah. Look, Andrew Bogut, not exactly known as a newsbreaker, so I I don't know if we should be like... He's not even um, a, a Kendrick Perkins. I don't think we should like pencil this in on our calendars for like the start of free agency, like the Beal sign-and-trade, but Zach Lowe did mention a while back that there are rumblings around the league, rumors, you know, speculation that the Sixers are going to try to dump Tobias and that Harden might take less money so the Sixers can clear up a third max slot. So this is something that could theoretically happen. If Beal wanted to come to Philly, the Sixers seem like a reasonable option. They're going to be, you know, able to contend for a championship. Um, Beal is a free agent. If he wants to be, the Sixers could probably orchestrate a sign and trade of some sort of, you know, need be. Obviously, Tobias is the thing standing in the way of that. But if they dump him to OKC or Houston or wherever, that they can dump him Detroit. Or if they work Tobias into a sign and trade, and Beal really wants to go to Philly, like, it could happen. There are ways to make it happen. Maury is a very talented GM. The Sixers have a very talented management staff, so they could work out the uh, the complexities of that trade if, if need be. Um, I, I don't, again, I'm not like, I don't think it's fair to say it's likely. I think the more likely outcome would be that Beal signs his extension and is in Washington for another five years, but it's certainly worth monitoring because this is it's not the first time we've heard Beal in connection to Philly. Bill Simmons, again, is Bill Simmons like a league source we should really super-duper trust? I don't know, but he said that Joel was pushing for Beal before the trade deadline, before they made the Harden trade. So there's some smoke here. I don't know if there's fire, but there's some smoke. So it's at least worth like keeping half an eye on um, once the offseason gets here. Chris? You should know by now, whenever there's smoke, there's fire in the NBA. So there's some level within the Sixers organization. I don't know who. I don't know where in the organization. It could be players. It could be the front office. It could be the coaching staff. I don't know. But there's somebody somewhere that will, that thinks that Bradley Beal would like to come to Philly. But let's think about this for a second. Chris, if Bradley Beal didn't feel comfortable in his situation, would he have opted to get surgery 
this and and effectively end his season? I I don't think so. So it seems to like I I'm sure the Sixers would love Beal, but I don't I don't know if he's leaving. I really don't. I it the arrows from Washington doesn't make it seem well, like he is. I I mean I agree, but like with respect to the surgery, I. Beal's not like playing for money. He's gonna get the max wherever he goes, whether mm-hmm. it's Washington or somewhere else. Like, no one's gonna not pay him because he got surgery. So. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if he was trying to play to impress, like, to, well, he to... doesn't. Yeah, like he, he doesn't have to impress anyone. Uh, I, I guess I see your point. I don't know. I just, I the surgery seemed kind of weird. Like, if you're trying to move this off season, I, it, mm, I don't know. It just seemed kind of like a weird move if you were planning on moving this off season. But let me ask you this, because I, I have my thoughts on this, but I want to hear yours there first. What has to happen to, for Beal to get to the Sixers? Well, I mean, again, like, it, you know, either you have to trade Tobias for Beal or you have to dump Tobias and dump salary and sign him with cap space, which you can do. You're going to be sacrificing a lot of depth either way. You're going to be paying a lot of money to Joel, a lot of money to Harden, and a lot of money to Beal. And you're going to have to worry about extending Matisse, maybe, who maybe you can't extend at that point. And then Maxi's extension is down the line, too. So you have to juggle all those balls. But, like, again, if Harden does take a little bit less than he could get, like Zach Lowe speculated, they could probably give Beal the max, I think. I'm not a cap expert, but it seems like that's something the Sixers are able to accomplish. So it'll be interesting to see if something like that does come up. I feel like a lot of guys would be very interested in playing next to Joel and Harden. I think they're going to try to dump Tobias regardless of Bradley Beal. Like, I yeah. think that's the move either way. Mm-hmm. But like, if Beal really wants to go to Philly, they can probably make it happen. Well, it's just a matter of, like, does he actually want to or not? Yeah, I I think there's that. My concern here, it is a big one, because I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me or not. If you have to give up Tyrese Maxey to get Beal, and I think you would have to at this point, because you don't have many other assets at this point. If I'm Philly, I don't know if I give up Tyrese Maxey, especially if he has a good playoff series. Like, guys, we're seeing, first off, He's he has a better health track record than Bradley Beal. He's younger on a rookie contract for at least two more years. And, and he's really good. Like this kid is special. Like I don't care what you say, the work ethics beyond compare. Bradley Beal had a very down season compared to years past. Who knows how he would fit as a third fiddle, because that's who he would be, the third fiddle in that. I, I don't know if he, he'd be willing to be off the ball as much as he would be in Philly. I don't think that would work out as well as we would hope. I just, for me, personally, if you if you have to do any type of sign and trade, which I think you would because I could be wrong because I'm not, like you said, not a cap expert, but if, if the same rules apply for James Harden's free agency, how they were speculating if he were to sign it, outright as a free agent or do a sign and trade like that triggers the hard cap and then the Sixers can't fill out that roster I they yeah. don't want to do that and plus Beal's losing a lot of money if he signs straight up because he loses his bird rights so this is for Beal to opt in 
and then trade him, and then he can sign the extension once he's in Philly. But I don't know. I, 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 you know, I'll say I wouldn't trade Tyrese Maxey for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's 28 injury history had a down year this year. Granted, some of the best players did because of the change in the basketball, I, I think, in the short turnaround past two seasons. But, like, Chris, I'd rather keep Tyrese Maxey. He's a Philly guy now. I, I don't – I wouldn't want to trade him. It's easy for fan bases to really overvalue their guys. I don't think you're overvaluing Tyrese necessarily because, like you said, the work ethic's there. He's getting better like every game. His arc of improvement is absurd. But Bradley Beal, when he's Bradley Beal, is like a top 20 player and you got to give up stuff to get those guys. So I, I certainly think there's a case to be made that if you had to give up Tyrese, you could you can make the argument. But... Look, if he signs out right, like you said, you can probably keep Maxi because he's making like two million dollars. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't, I agree. It probably it probably gets trickier. I I don't know exactly how a sign and trade would have to work. Other Ma- the other thing that. is Maxi would have to come off the bench at that point. I I don't know. You can probably. Start. Well, do you want to start James at the small forward? I mean, you could because he's six six, so Look, it's not unheard of. But like, who, who is James guarding most nights? Who did he guard in Chicago? It was like Javante Green. Like, okay, yeah, they're he's they're starting his power forward. Okay, so, I mean James. Okay, a, okay, James has some meat on his bones. You know? If you can get a versatile defender at your four spot, then yeah, that makes like a Harrison Barnes. Okay, oh, you know, average defender, maybe slightly above, right? Okay, in my head, I can see if you can flip Tobias for Harrison Barnes or something along those lines, then, yeah, okay, you could start all three. Well, no, you can't flip Tobias for Harrison Barnes and get Beal. Like, like that doesn't work. You're either trading Tobias and stuff for Beal, or you're dumping Tobias. Oh, you're right, money you're right, yeah. Possible. What if you get, like, Jeff Green? No, no, he's not the same defender he used to be. Dang it. It's yeah, tough. Well, Jeff Green would be a great fit starter. Like, you're, you're – you're not going to be able to get like a great bench and three superstars. It doesn't happen that way. It never no. does. So you just got to add shooting and defense. Like they'd have a crappy bench, but if you have Bradley Beal and James Harden and Joel Embiid, that doesn't matter as much. Like if those guys are healthy, no mm-hmm. one's going to guard you. Um, whether Tyrese is starting off the bench, and you still have Joel defending, and who knows, Andre Drummond's relationship with Doc Rivers might help him come back this summer. Who knows? That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, if Brad Beal wants to come to Philly, I'm tempted to say the Sixers should oblige him, but I I, I would be hesitant to give up Maxi. I don't think I'd just, like, run into that willy-nilly. Um, but I, I certainly think it also depends on what else you got to give up with him, for sure. Yeah. Um, I just, for me, I if I'm looking – at the long term, I just don't see Bradley Beal being durable, and I'd rather keep Maxi if if you have to choose between the two of them because Maxi's proven to be durable so far, you know, knock on wood, and it's just I don't know. I just feel really good about Maxi's future, and with James Harden, they seem like the perfect complement. Like I I feel like we could what we see from Maxi now is not far 
what we would see from Bradley Beal as the third option in Philly versus Maxi. Obviously, Bradley Beal can take over a game whenever he wants, but he's the third option here. He's the Chris Bosh. He's the Kevin Love. He would have to make the most sacrifice. He would have to become the Ray Allen of this group where he has to become a shot spot-up shooter. Like, I don't know if Bradley Beal is ready for all that. But Tyrese Maxey's still getting young, and he doesn't have that ego that you can, you know, but he does have that shot. Now, I'm not saying he's going to become Ray Allen, but, like, being willing to be a third option is easier for a young guy that isn't established yet versus a guy who is established as a primary option. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, Maxey's really special, so I, I – it. We'll wait and see. I my again my like I I don't think this is gonna happen. If I, had to I, I don't right think now. so either. No, I I think Beal wants all the signs publicly point to Beal wanting to be in Washington because he really likes it there. I guess, mm-hmm. but we'll see. You know, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be fun. It'd be something to talk about. <laughs> and I'll say this: if another if Beal does want to go to another team, if I'm Washington, I look at Portland right now. Because they have young players and they got picks, and they could offer more than what the Sixers could, honestly. Um, but anyway, I, Uriah, your quick thoughts: Would you would you be willing to give up Tyrese Maxey for Bradley Beal before we close this out? No. Ooh, can you elaborate just slightly? He's younger. We still don't know his ceiling. He's a better defender already. And his shot might be just as good. He's shooting like 43% from three in his second year in the league. So I wouldn't trade him. I, I, I yeah. Less injuries, you. less injuries. So yeah, keep him. Knock on wood. All right, Chris, I, I, I you're outvoted here uh, for now. Um, Chris, go ahead and play us out, man. All right. Um, yeah. To all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Six to Sense podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, or listen at our website, thesixersense.com, where you can read our written work. Um, I'm sure we'll have stuff out about the Nets game after the fact. Uh, something's going to happen. We don't know what, but there's going to be a lot to talk about over the next few weeks. And until... Uh, early next week everyone have a good have a good time go sixers